Coming up next, we have our special Monday morning feature at 7.30 every Monday morning, the word in Edgewise. It's R.W. Estella. Good morning, R.W. Hey, good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Allison. Hi, R.W. Sometimes first impressions have become some of my longest and strongest memories, like the forging of significant links in a causal chain spanning years. Being approached out of the blue by someone asking me a question 40 years ago in New York City's Port Authority bus terminal remains one of the, those indelible first impressions. I had arrived at the terminal after taking a bus from Port Elizabeth in New Jersey, where I'd gone to retrieve my Volkswagen Squareback that two weeks earlier I had left at a dock in Rotterdam, Holland, to be shipped directly to the States. Only apparently it hadn't been. It hadn't been loaded on that week's boat the company's office in New Jersey informed me, meaning that it would be another two weeks before it made the journey across the Atlantic. So now I needed to make some new plans, which I approached casually. It was Friday, the 15th of August, and I really didn't need to be in Boulder, Colorado to register for my first semester of classes until the end of the month. It would be many years before anyone started slinging around the word networking, but networking, albeit unnamed, was exactly what I'd been doing lately. And another few instances were about to begin right here in the Port Authority bus station. The fellow approaching me looked a little rough. Household, medium-length brown hair, a dirt-streaked face and clothes that appeared as if he'd been wearing them for days. He looked tired, but his blue eyes were sparkling, and he asked me energetically, Hey, man, you heard about the big festival up north a little ways? No, I said, what's happening? He told me he and his friend had been living in Greenwich Village, but were originally from Bethel, a town about 120 miles or so northwest of New York City. They had a car, but were flat broke and needed five bucks for gas. They could pay it back to me once they got home to Bethel and would arrange a ride for me back to the city in the evening. I thought, what the heck, and agreed to spot them the five. We left immediately at about 11 o'clock in the morning. It became clear to me pretty quickly that my new acquaintances, Russ and Larry, weren't the only ones who were heading north and west toward Bethel that day. They reassured me, however, that they knew all the back roads and would be there in a few hours. This was partly true. They certainly possessed great acumen of the roadways leading toward Bethel, but whether by similar acumen or chance, a number of other drivers and passengers were on the same back roads. The few hours, therefore, would become seven because we had reached absolute gridlock several miles from the festival and needed to walk that remaining distance. We arrived sometime during the middle of Richie Havens' set, the festival's opening act. The size of the crowd had me wondering what I'd gotten myself into. It was generating an inertia all its own, and I felt entirely within its power. Before I was to lose them, I asked Russ and Larry about getting back to New York City, and they introduced me to a friend of theirs, Buster, also from Bethel, who would be heading back south around midnight. Needless to say, I didn't let Buster out of my sight for the next five hours. In the meantime, we did all the things young people of our age became famous for doing back then, but despite those distractions, I managed to register in my mind that the incredible string band had played this moment, that Tim Harden had played If I Were a Carpenter, and that Ravi Shankar had to curtail his set because of the rain starting. This led to a quick conference between Buster and me that just maybe we ought to think about splitting before the last act. We'd cleared the last edges of the massive crowd just as Arlo Guthrie was playing Coming Into Los Angeles. 
Buster had me back at the Port Authority bus terminal around 6 o'clock Saturday morning, just in time to buy a ticket and board a bus back to Washington, D.C., where I'd been staying with friends who had previously lived near me in Germany. I knew I'd spent an amazing 20 hours, but the real enormity of it wouldn't settle in for years to come. Hi, this is R.W. Estella. WERU-FM is a radio station that every day continues the sense of community that made Woodstock unique among musical festivals. At WERU, not only the music of the Woodstock era, but also the music that has evolved and continues to evolve from that era is afforded the listening audience every day. Along with the diverse other musical offerings and special programming WERU provides, Maine and the world benefit by the moment. Please do what you can to help this great station deliver the goods to its audience. Thank you. For more on Omain, have a great day.